Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 265 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a Solutions Architect Manager at Amazon Web Services in Sydney, Australia. Her achievements include creating a serverless application that creates an iCal feed for tech events and the Roald Dahl Fans website, which has been running since 1996. She is also a regular speaker giving talks that include A Newbie's Guide to Getting Started with AWS and Serverless in Production, Lessons from a Skeptic. So welcome to the podcast, Chris Howard. Thank you, Phil. I'm so excited to be here. First of all, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about your role as Solutions Architect Manager at Amazon Web Service and what that entails? Yes, I can. So I've been, this month will be two years for me at AWS. It's really flown by. Um, Solutions Architects, for those who don't know, we we aim to be sort of the trusted advisor for customers who are building on the uh, Amazon Web Services platform. So we're a free resource. Um, we give uh, advice to customers on how to be well-architected, how to make sure that what they build is secure and, and resilient and performant. Um, and so I have a team. Uh, currently, it is five people. It's been higher, it's been lower, but currently five solutions architects. And I'm part of a larger team uh, that we look after mid-enterprise and small to medium businesses here in New South Wales in Australia. Right. So it, does that mean your your role is quite locally focused in terms of it being New South Wales? Yes, it is. Uh, the interesting thing, and this is the 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 sort of uh, unique point you find me at in my career, is I'm actually in the midst of transferring to a new role, um, which will be in Europe. But because of our uh, the COVID pandemic, I am currently waiting yeah. until I can begin that role. So yeah, at, at the moment, my 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 focus is very much on New South Wales. But by the end of this year, my focus will be Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. <laughs> Wow. Does that mean you're relocating to do that? Or are you able yes, to stay where you yes. are? Yes, yes. My husband yeah. and I are going to relocate once once borders in both directions are open. Yeah, sure. Have you decided where you're going to be? We are going to be in Munich. Ah, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And in terms of the Rondell fans website, that, that obviously struck a chord straight <laughs> away. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Um, well, in, in college, I was uh, learning to build websites. I fell in love with the World Wide Web and I wanted to build a website. Um, I wanted to write content. I didn't want to just uh, have links to things. And and so, you know, I looked at my favorite band and they already had a website. And this was in the late 90s, you know, the dot-com boom. Yep. Um, but I couldn't find anything on my favorite author as a kid was Roald Dahl. And so I thought, all right, I can I can do some things for that. So I, I put together a little web web page just within my university account. And the interesting thing is I started very early on getting teachers and students emailing me and sharing things. Um, and so it, it sort of built from there. And eventually I spun it off into its own domain. And the really cool thing is um, when I was actually working in London, I went and worked in the UK for a few years. Felicity Dahl reached out, um, Roald Dahl's widow, 
Yep. Because they were at that point setting up finally an official web presence for him. Uh, and so she was really lovely and, and grateful for for what I'd done. And so I got to meet her. I got to go to their home and visit the riding hut and see the gypsy caravan. And it was just really, really amazing from from just a little side project I'd done to teach myself HTML in college, um, all the way to actually meeting his family and being in his home. And I've just kept it going ever since. I, I was actually updating it this morning, actually. I don't, you know, I don't do much <laughs> with it these days, but it's useful to, to students, so I keep it going. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to ask if you're still actually sort of actively working on that, or is it just, just something that sits there? But it sounds like you, you do continue to update it. Yes, I do. I need to actually update it with, um, I don't know if you've seen Taika Waititi is reading James the Giant Peach right now um, on YouTube with a cadre of celebrity guests. So I actually need to document that on the website. There's always new content coming out. So really, it's it's just about adding. Yes. Well, that's great to hear. I'm, I'm really, really pleased that you do something like that. That's great. Um, so Chris, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience uh, may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Absolutely. You know, if, if you had to ask me my one weird tip, um, this would be it. Uh, several years ago, I, I went to a meetup here in Sydney where I uh, saw a woman speak. Um, her name's Robin Elliott. She was a CTO here in Sydney at the time. And she just gave such really good advice. And I thought, gee, I'd love for her to be my mentor, someone like that, you know. But I, I didn't ask. I thought, Oh, she's she's much too important and much too busy to have time to to talk to someone like me. And so for years, you know, I stalked her on LinkedIn. We got connected on LinkedIn, and I I sort of followed her career. But I was always too scared. And um, a few years back, I, I was talking to a friend, and she said, "You know who should be your mentor?" And she mentioned Robin. And I said, "Oh, I know, I know, but I'm always too afraid." And she said, "All right, here's the tip. I'm going to give you the the advice. The advice is you send the person an email." And you say, I'm looking for a mentor. You know, I want them to have X, Y, Z qualities. And obviously, obviously you would be perfect, but I know how busy you are. So is there any chance we could catch up and you could give me some suggestions for people who would be suitable mentors for me? Yeah. And this this was the light bulb moment because it gives the person an out, of course. And worst case scenario is you end up usually getting suggestions for people who would be good mentors. And in 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 the best scenario, the person actually ends up saying yes. And that's what happened with me. Robin and I met up and then ended up uh, over the course of the next year catching up pretty much monthly. And yep. I eventually told her that story and she just said, oh, you idiot, you should have asked me years ago. So so my tip <laughs> is to not be afraid. If, if there is someone you you really want to emulate, um, just reach out to them and ask them. And if you want to use that that weird little out that I gave you, ask them for suggestions for mentors. That's a nice way of making you feel a little you know, more secure about it. Do that because it, it will probably pay off. Yeah, there's a little bit of psychology in there, isn't there as well? Because if, if I receive something like that, I probably think, well, I, I'm probably more better positioned, if you like, to be the mentor and would respond exactly. to you. Yeah. So yes, interesting. <laughs> right. Okay. Chris, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Oh, okay. All right. Right into the negative things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I had a manager um, several years ago that I was working for um, that seemed invested in me. Uh, they promoted me. Um, they, they gave me a lot of guidance and seemed really invested in my success. Um, which was very flattering at first. Um, but over the course of sort of, you know, the year, 
it, it became very clear to me that that they only wanted me to be a yes woman, you know, to 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 back them up and just do everything they said, which I was quite happy to do when I was, you know, uh, brand new to my role and scared. And once I sort of started knowing what I was doing, I wasn't getting the autonomy um, that I that I really needed and wanted. And I just remember one one on one sitting in their office, and and at one point this person said, "Can't you do anything right?" And and in my head I just thought, "Okay." I'm updating the CV tonight. You know, I just yep. thought that was it. Like I didn't get upset. I didn't get emotional, but it was just clear to me going, you know what? I don't think I'm doing the wrong thing. I think you're doing the wrong thing. And, and that's the sign that I should move on. And, and the lesson I took from that, and it was advice someone else gave me afterwards. Cause I was, I was a little upset was that m when you get feedback from someone like that, most of it is actually about them. It's not actually about you. And I try and keep that in mind when I get feedback that really just I I disagree with fundamentally that I don't I don't think is right. It's probably says more about the person giving it than it does actually about me. Yes. How do you feel that ties in with with what you do now? Is it is a um in terms of the way you maybe use other people who work for you, do you have more of an engaged relationship with them to understand what they are providing as opposed to you just asking them to do things? It's something I've been working at as a people manager. It's uh, I think I'm really good at, 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 you know, cheering people on and encouraging them and developing them, having those conversations where you are giving coaching, giving really meaningful, um, critical feedback. That's, that's probably the thing I, I work on the most right now. And I'm sort of jumping ahead in our, our conversation, but I, I try and be aware of that now. And I try and keep that in the back of my mind. And I've done um, some courses. We have a lot of really good resources internally about trying to make sure that your feedback, that you don't get emotional, that, that, you know, you do stick to data points and things like that. So I do try and keep it in mind. Yeah. Okay. And let's go to a bit of a brighter topic. So, um, can you tell us about your career highlight to date? Well, I, I would say that my career highlight right now is this team that I'm on that I've that I've that I've helped build. Um, because when I when I joined the team, uh, they were at a bit of a low point. Um, I inherited a team who had had several managers, you know, in the last uh, six months. Um, the engagement scores were pretty low. Several people had had been in their roles for a while and and weren't really happy anymore. Um, so over the course of, of, of the 18 months, I helped people get into new roles. I had people um, make moves internally into other teams that suited them better. Um, I had some people where I actually helped them uh, move outside the business and move into other companies where, where they made better use of their skills. I hired, I think, eight new people onto the team. I've, I've done more than 100 interviews. That was a lot of hiring. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I got quite a lot. Of, I've gotten three or four people promoted now, I think. Um, and I actually, our engagement scores are through the roof. They've, they've more than doubled, which is probably the most, the most satisfactory thing to see. And, and I did, I, we, we, one of Amazon's leadership principles is to hire and develop the best. And I actually got called out earlier this year um, at our, at our quarterly all hands as, as an award winner for that particular LP, which was oh, really, right. really satisfying. Indeed, yeah. So you're hoping to take this forward, obviously, into to your next role and your new team. Yes, it's it's bittersweet because I have I do have the great team and I actually love them. Um, it, they're they're so excited and 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 really happy with what they're doing. Uh, it's almost though like my work is done. You know, I'm ready for the next challenge. So I'm really yep. really looking forward to trying to replicate that. Good. Okay. 
And Chris, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? I think, I think, look, I've, I've been, you know, we've been in isolation the past few months and I think it's really kind of crystallized for me the value of, of what it is that we do. I mean, during the pandemic, um, we've helped people in technology, not just people in, in my company, but all of us who work in technology, we're helping, uh, a keep the internet up. Imagine if we hadn't had this, uh, you know, going, but kids are doing school from home. We have people who are able to work from home. We have, you know, streaming services to keep us entertained. Um, you know, uh, medical practitioners who are, who are doing, uh, I actually had my first telehealth, you know, I had to go talk to my doctor and we were able to do that over the internet. And, and this is just really exciting to me that, that it isn't just when I started out in the late nineties, the internet and the dot com boom, it was very much seen as kind of a novelty. You know, we, we talked about how it was going to be the future, but a lot of what we were building was, was just, um, it was a little bit silly, you know. We were we were very excited about uh, you know selling things online, but now yeah. just the potential to to really connect people um, in in the midst of a crisis like this, and even you know the rest of the things that are happening in the world right now, technology is enabling a lot of it, both the good and the bad. And I, I'm not one of those people that thinks that technology is the answer to everything, um, but I do think it. If you were going into a career right now, the potential to really impact the world in a positive way, it, it's where you can really have the most impact. Yes. It, it does make me wonder what would have happened sort of if the pandemic had happened 30 years ago, for example. So oh, gosh. obviously we so are boring. hugely reliant <laughs> on, on all these things. Like, I mean, Zoom is probably a uh, corner of the market, I think, but uh, there are there are plenty of other, other uh, examples of where technology has helped. And I, I can imagine that the postal service would probably be inundated uh, 30 yeah. years ago with all these things being sent home for children to work on and so forth so yeah the, the the ability for technology to actually almost pivot to a certain extent to actually address the issues and, and provide the solutions that are required now has been quite astounding mm, absolutely okay um we're going to go into the reveal round now we're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think Are you ready for this sure hit me so what first attracted you to a career in IT? Well, actually, it was my mom. Uh, my mom worked in technology uh, back in Indiana. Despite the fact that I live in Sydney, I did grow up in the States, in Indiana. And my mom was responsible for, for IT at a, a local caravan manufacturing company. And so we always had computers in our house. And I wasn't, you know, they weren't foreign to me. Um, I, I used them a lot. And it wasn't until university, though, that I really fell in love. As I mentioned, I started building websites and the Roald Dahl site came out of that. And I, even though I did a communications degree, because I also really like talking, obviously, um, <laughs> I just really just, I the, thought the potential of this technology to just uh, really unite people and share knowledge, that was what I wanted to do. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? I will probably go back to that actual talk that I saw Robin, my mentor, do that that made me want her to be my mentor. She was giving a talk at a, a local community group called Girl Geek Sydney, and she she told us, and it was very vivid imagery to me, that that a lot of women in technology, especially, think that if they just keep their head down and they do their job well, that someone's just going to come by and plunk a tiara on their head. And she said, "It doesn't happen. You have to make sure that people know." about the good work you're doing and and that 
a good portion of your job actually is making sure that your manager knows what you're doing because the more people they have under them, the the less they're going to know about it. And it's just, I don't know, it just really resonated with me that, that just, just going along and doing the job and expecting the rewards to come isn't actually necessarily enough. You have to make sure that your manager knows that you're ready for new challenges, knows um, what the ways that you like to be recognized. Uh, and I've really tried to, to use that in my career. Indeed, yes. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Oh, I thought about this one earlier. I've not really ever received any any bad advice. Probably I would say the worst there were, it was a few years back. It was one of the few times in my career I've actually been made redundant. Um, and I wasn't too sad about that. I, wa- I wasn't loving the, the role anyway. But uh, a friend of mine who worked in one of the very big banks said, you should come and, 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 and work in the bank. And I thought, well, I've never worked in, you know, big, a big doing technology in a big finance, uh, financial services industry. Okay. I'll I'll have, I'll give it a go. And, you know, I had to buy a whole new wardrobe. I'm very much (laughs) a a jeans and sneakers person, you know, but I, I bought, I bought a fancy handbag and, you know, and a whole business wardrobe and I hated it. I hated it every day. And, and I don't want to speak ill of the bank. Like they were great. Um, they were, they did a lot of training and career development, but it just wasn't for me. I, I, I was working in on a project, a sort of very back-end focused project. And I I didn't feel connected to what value that was going to bring to the end users. And I just learned that that was not the environment I was going to thrive in. So within three months, I got out. And uh, so I don't think it was bad advice. It's just, it it was the thing that didn't pan out. Yes. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Well, if, if I could if I could go back in time, I would take more computer science courses because um, I did do the communications degree. And and at the time, I think I had an idea that despite my love for the internet, um, computer science meant, you know, geeky men writing code, which I didn't see myself in that way. And I think to some extent that did set me back a few years. So I think I would probably, if I were doing it over again, I would probably push myself more um, to 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 do that and to get into the classes that I was too intimidated to do. Um, and then when I did land that job, I should have negotiated a lot harder. That would, that would be the one big thing. Cause it really impacts over the length of your career is, is negotiate harder for that first role. Once you get it. Yeah. If you were to look at doing the same thing in today's world though. So, you know, given current circumstances, would you yeah. do anything different? I probably, it's interesting. There's so many great free resources to learn now that I don't necessarily, you know, I went, I went to a a university in the U S granted, this was before the university costs really sort of started to skyrocket, but still I, I, I left with quite a bit of debt. And I think I would probably try and avoid that as much as possible. Um, there are just so many great, like I said, free resources to learn, um, that, and I would probably, I think also in technology where you go to school doesn't necessarily matter as much you know? No. Um, so I probably, I probably would have tried to avoid that situation. Yep. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Well, I think I mentioned this a little bit, but just continuing to grow as a people leader. You know, I think I've been a manager for uh, just three and a half coming up on four years now. And I feel like I still have so much to learn there. Um, 
there was the the biggest thing, there's that that idea of ruinous empathy, you know, where you like someone and so you want to pull your punches and you don't want to give them the, the the feedback that they actually need. And I feel like in the yep. past, I've done that a bit. So the mentor that I have now, um, internally, uh, a fantastic uh, gentleman who's who's been managing data centers for a really long time, he's a great people manager and he's good at sort of really making me see where I can where I can push myself there um, to give more and better constructive coaching feedback to my team. Yeah, part of that's not just in the actual the feedback, but it's in the delivery of it. Yes, um, and, and the way it's you know received as much as anything else. So it's got to be provided in the right way, hasn't it? Definitely, definitely. And yep. learning, I guess le- everybody's different. You know, I, I tend to be an extrovert. So I tend to assume other people are like me. And of course, in technology, <laughs> that's not often the case. So <laughs> no. having to learn that other people are motivated in different ways is, is just a continuing process. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I would definitely say public speaking. Um, I I actually did in America. We do something strange. Uh, we do speech team. We do competitive public speaking. Don't know if other countries do that. Uh, sort of like debate, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I did that all through all through high school because I enjoyed doing it. And then I did my communications degree, um, and then I sort of didn't use it for a long time, and. Uh, sort of maybe 10 years ago in Sydney, I started going to this, as I mentioned, Girl Geek Sydney, this local meetup group. And I really appreciated the the, the community. I'd never been to a tech event that had so many women. Um, and I wanted to give back to that community eventually. So I gave my first tech talk uh, for them. And, and it was just like a drug. Like I enjoyed it so much. And so I started doing more meetups. And then five years ago, um, I got invited to speak at a local conference a responsive web design conference. And that sort of kicked off the conference speaking part. And so now I, I do quite a bit of it. I, I'm lately doing virtual uh, virtual meetups because no one's doing yep. the in-person ones. But I think the visibility I've gotten through that um, has helped me more than anything else in my career. And what, what do you do to keep your own career energized? Well, I wanted to ask, what do you mean by energized in this sense? What do you mean by that? So what what sort of keeps you stimulated and enthused by what you do? I think I think probably the biggest thing lately is mentoring others. Um once I started having a mentor was was good, but actually mentoring other people, uh the, it gave me such confidence that my experience was valuable to others um and that and that I could give back to other people. Um I gave a talk a few years ago called uh, the campsite rule, you know, the scouting rule, which is to to leave the campsite better than you found it. And I really feel that yep. by mentoring others, I'm that's what I'm trying to do for the IT industry because I've seen people make mistakes. I've made mistakes. And if I can make it just a little bit better for someone who's coming up after me, um, that's that's what keeps me energized. And especially when they go on to do something amazing. I love that too. <laughs> And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Oh, is there a time away from technology? I seem to be in front of computers well, so. all, all day long these days. I knit. I knit. Um, I have knitted for several years now. Um, I knit. I sew. Uh, I think part of that is because when you're when what you produce as part of your job isn't tangible. 
I get a lot of satisfaction from in my hobbies, making tangible things. Um, my partner, who is also in technology, he bakes bread and brews beer. So we both, we both have very. <laughs> I think the idea is that if the zombie apocalypse comes, we're we're set. Um, you want us in your yep. community, but that's what I do, and I've actually found ways of incorporating technology into those hobbies, which is fun as well. Chris, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Sure. My biggest piece of advice that I give to the people I'm mentoring is is to actually get out and engage with their local tech community. And it is hard right now, especially if you're still in a place that that isn't yet doing uh, in-person events. But once I sort of started going uh, to local meetups, I found one that I really jived with. It I found a support network. I I got the advice that led me to my mentor. I got people recommending jobs to me. And I think a lot of people... Uh, don't realize this is out there. They do their job, they go home. Um, and I get that. And I get that people have, you know, responsibilities and, and you know, need to caring responsibilities and things like that. But if you can um, go to a meetup or at least uh, join one online, I think you're, you're, you're just going to get a lot more a lot more out of your career. You're going to find new opportunities and you're going to find people that you can learn from and grow. Yeah, I think that's part of the distinction between doing your job and looking after your career. Absolutely, yes, very much so. Yeah. And Chris, finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, absolutely. Um, I'm also on Twitter as web underscore goddess. That is a very old name that I'm still saddled (laughs) with. Uh, Or I'm chrishoward.org has my website with my links to all of that stuff on it. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you for having me, Phil. Really enjoyed it. Hi, Phil here again. Just a final few words from me. Firstly, I'd like to thank my guests for sharing their career tips, experiences and insights with us on the show today. As you probably know, there have been more than 200 guests on the show so far, and I'm continuing to try to attract new guests that can provide great insights to all of us. However, to enable me to do this, I need to ensure that the podcast continues to grow and reach an extended audience. And you can help me in doing this by subscribing to the show and providing a rating and review in whichever platform you listen to. Thanks again for your support. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.